Episode six starts now. Welcome to ShareMo EDU. We are a team of two Missouri lead learners sharing stories across the state and beyond through the lens of education. I'm Dr. Renee Hawkins, principal at Maple Elementary School in Smithville, Missouri. And I'm Dr. Eric Carlin, an elementary assistant principal from Smithville, Missouri. And this week we welcome former middle school principal Marlena Gross-Taylor. This dynamic leader is co-founder of EduGladiators, which is a strong voice on Twitter and Facebook. Most recently, chats have focused on equality and overcoming diversity. Welcome, Marlena. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's such an honor. We're excited to learn from you. Yeah. So, Marlena, help us to get to know you and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Well, uh, first of all, I'd like to share probably three fun facts uh, that really helps to connect with people. Uh, the first one is I'm an avid football fan, and I'm originally from Louisiana, so alumni of LSU, and so I literally bleed purple and gold. So <laughs> if you guys are Mizzou fans, I totally get it and understand it and uh, embrace it, so that's a lot of fun. Um, the second fun fact that really tells a lot about me is that I am 28 forever. Um, my middle school students actually came up with that hashtag. And yes, I like to be young. I mean, who doesn't like to be young? But it's it serves two purposes. First, it's a great reminder to stay relevant. And that's incredibly important with our kids, especially dealing with adolescents or even high school students to stay relevant so they can listen to you. And uh, the third, the second reason being, which runs into my third fun fact the rock is my boyfriend so i'm really trying to keep all of this together for that epic moment when i meet him okay and we're about the same age and he can just like do a double take and say wow i can't believe that like you're really 28 so that's my plan and that's the madness behind it i would stick to it thank you Okay, Marlena, you have a hashtag linked to your passion about education. What does this hashtag mean to you and how do you honor these words? So um, our hashtag uh, for EduGladiators, um, it's, we have a hashtag and then our hashtag is more than a hashtag uh, because it really started out with, you know, not being an echo chamber, first of all, in Twitter chats where everybody's saying all the feel good things and, and encouraging things that we do need. But, you know, really not being afraid to have those real conversations about real things that our kids are going through, that our teachers are going through, uh, that our leaders are going through, our parents are going through. And so really being bold and rethinking uh, what education looks like and bringing in this new era of leadership, of uh, engagement and of advocacy for our kids, of course, but also for our colleagues, for other edgy gladiators, for other warriors. So when you see hashtag edgy gladiators, hashtag more than a hashtag, it's about, you know, looking at those chats or listening to what's shared uh, on Facebook and then putting it into action that very next week so we can affect change and just, um, like I said, just rethink this learning experience that our students are going through. That's awesome. Thanks. Sounds like a, a real call to action. I love that, how you said putting that into action the next week and, and creating that change. That's so cool. Yes. Um, share a message from a book that you have read or that you're reading that's moved you uh, to also take action. Yeah, um, actually, we just did a chat for Edge Gladiators on uh, this past Saturday. 
like you said, uh, Renee, the month of uh, February is Black History Month. And the theme we chose uh, between myself and our core warriors to have just an amazing group of warriors that are part of this movement each and every week um, is We Shall Overcome, which is, you know, a very familiar theme with Black history. But we wanted to expand that because there's so many other groups that have some overcoming to do, quite frankly, you know, and, and what that looks like in our schools. So last week, we talked about creating defining moments and it's based on the book by the Heath brothers, the power of moments that uh, two folks in my PLN actually shared that book with me. And I loved it so much. And it just spoke to me so much about how we have the power to create moments that change lives. And so when we're talking about equality and equity, really putting into action the ability and the responsibility that we have to create moments of equity and equality in our schools for our kids and for our teachers and for our communities. Well, I was on the last chat and it was very empowering. Thank you. Thank you. It was great. It was, it was really just, you know, and that's what blows me away about it because it's not about Marlena. It's not about Ryan. It's not about, you know, any of the other core warriors. It's about us encouraging and uplifting and inspiring those that are, that are jumping in and we have parents that jump in we have law enforcement folks that jump in and not just SROs, but just people in the law enforcement industry. We have people from all over. Students have jumped in because it's going to take all of us to do the right thing, to move that, move forward the needle that we want to move forward. Okay, Marlena, reflect on these statements. Right now, one thing that is going well for me is, and I want to grow by... Hmm. Okay, so one thing that's going really well for me is uh, has been just my um, my ability to go out and reach other educators. As I mentioned before, we we went live. I was in Idaho last week, and and also that same week I was in uh, Ohio as well, Columbus, Ohio. So really being able to get out and share you know, this message and incite this call to action to other educators about not just issues about equity and equality, but also about curriculum, about engaging this Generation Z that's in our classrooms, about branding ourselves in a way as a school, as a district, as, as school leaders, as teachers, so we can further connect and, and spread this message and just change the narrative uh, of education, like take back uh, what's ours and bring that level of honor that needs to come uh, with that. And so that's been going really, really well for me, um, uh, not just last week, but recently, just, you know, over the last year of being able to go out, I was in Hawaii two weeks ago, you know, being able to go out and just reach and connect with so many educators and let them see how similar we are and our fight is, no matter what state we might be in, um, and the power of coming together to make those changes. So tell me the second part. What was the second part? The second part is I want to grow by. I want to continue to grow by. Let's see. I want to continue to grow actually by expanding my writing. One thing when you're busy traveling and on the road, it's really tough to sit down, find that quiet space um, of writing and, uh, and balancing, you know, the balancing your speaking and your sharing and your family responsibilities with that. So that's one thing that I am very committed uh, this year, 2018, actually to grow. So I have two projects in the works that I'll be sharing later in the year when I can share about that later in the spring. 
but two projects that I'm super excited about and, uh, and being able to share that in, in writing. That is exciting. I can't wait to hear about that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Cool. It's going to be fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, what three words would you use to describe the person who's made the greatest, greatest impact on your life? And kind of why do those words come to mind? You know, I would have to, well, the person that's made the greatest impact, I think it's been a, several people, but they've had these three common themes. And, and the people are my parents and my grandparents. They have been the most impactful uh, in my life since I was little, all the way up to now. Um, my mom is still a force to be reckoned with. And if you ask her, she's 45, not near her age at all. So, um, but these, these individuals, my parents and my grandparents, taught me uh, three things that describe them that I, I take with me. They taught me, first of all, to be fearless. You know, um, I'm, I'm a minority. If you haven't figured that out, looking and listening to me, I am. And, you know, that comes with certain challenges. And it's so easy to get caught up in the what I can't do or how unfair life is. My parents and my grandparents were just way ahead of their time. And they taught, um, taught us all to be fearless. Like you, it doesn't matter what you have to do, you do it. It's hard being awesome, you know? And I heard that often are uh, being a, a preacher's kid to whom much is given, much is required, you know? So you can't have excuses. You have to be fearless in order to be successful. The second thing that they told me is to make sure that I have a strong sense of self in that journey of being fearless. There's always people unfortunately, that will try to uh, purposely bring you down or, or make you place their limitations on you so you can't go further, um, whether they realize they're doing that intentionally or not, consciously or not. But to have a strong sense of self, to know who you are, to know what your name means, to know what your family means and what your family stands for, and that's how you conduct yourself um, in, in public, in private, period. You know, that's how you are. You don't have any airs. You don't have uh, layers, but that you are who you are because of your strong sense of self. Uh, and for me, that's, that's so many, I mean, if you did my DNA, it would be all over the place. Um, but it's so many different cultures and bloodlines that, that make me who I am. And so to be able to embrace that, be fearless about it, uh, to affect change, I mean, that's awesome there. And then the third, the third one I would say is make sure that you're lifting others up. If whatever gifts you have been blessed with, if you're not bringing others up with you on your journey, then you're not really using those gifts to the best of your ability. So they have been, um, my, my parents, and my grandparents have always taught us and have instilled in us a servant heart and to be servant leaders, no matter what our leader title is, but to be servant leaders, to give back and to help uh, help others and be there for other people. Because you never know what someone is going through. You never know that your yes to them could be what changes their life. I mean, that's the power of a moment right there, part of what's in the Heath Brothers books as well. And that's what I grew up with every day, uh, with that type of affirmation from my grandparents and my parents. You are a gladiator through and through. Yeah. <laughs> perfect hashtag for you. <laughs> Thank you. It's the perfect hashtag for us all because we all have that. We all have that power to be heroes to someone in our stories. We all have that power to do that in our lives. 
Well, what has been a game changing moment for you in the field of education? Okay, the you're gonna laugh. So I know you will because you you probably are like thinking like, no, I would have never guessed this about you. But um, yes, I'm from Louisiana. I love my I love my my state where I'm from, right outside of Baton Rouge. And um, you know, I had the perfect life. I had the perfect life when I was, or so I thought, when I was uh, teaching there. I was teaching at my former middle school, so my teachers were my mentors. Now, um, small suburb outside of outside of Baton Rouge, life was good. My grandparents were there. My kids didn't have to go to daycare. You know. They were raised on the farm. It was just perfect. And then all of a sudden, my husband's job uh, moved us to Atlanta. And I was like, whoa, what, why are we moving? Like, this is like how, I mean, we built our house. We were just set for life, right? And, um, you know, God has a funny way of, of putting us exactly where we need to be. And he put us in Atlanta. And I, it really forced me to change, to reexamine, to modify some beliefs that I had that, I would say we're not necessarily um, how I needed to be as an educator that was fully inclusive. You know, I went from, you know, our extent of diversity was just black, white, maybe a few Hispanics to now teaching in an urban school district. And I had about 10 languages spoken in my class. I had, you know, real issues of gang members in my class in middle school. I was at a middle school that had 3,200 kids in it, Wow. you know? Um, and, and so it really, it really changed my perspective. It gave me truly, truly gave me a worldview. And I always, my family always took us on vacations. We were well-traveled, but it's different when you're living it day to day, you know? And so being in that environment in Atlanta really taught me to expand my worldview, to have more of a global worldview and, and understand how important it is for us to, not only say we're tolerant and we love each other, but to show that, you know, to kids, to uh, to our colleagues as well, and and to do what we know is right, which is to be there for each other. That that changed my life, you know. After that, we moved to North Carolina, a very rural area. My husband's job moved us there, and uh, and that had its own, you know, own uh, challenges there to be so rural. But guess what? I was prepared for it because I wasn't just looking at trees. I was looking at the whole forest of kids in our country and what it's done. And even before coming here to Nashville, working in a very affluent uh, district as a principal for so many years, what it's done is given me uh, a great perspective in what it's like in the suburbs, what it's like in urban, what it's like in super rural, and what's it like to work in an affluent area. And one thing I know is that kids are kids. Kids are kids no matter what, and we owe it to them to be in their corner, to inspire them, to uplift them, to help them be fearless, to help them be limitless. Mm. I think those truths uh, hold true no matter where you're at. I think that's such a powerful uh, message that you can share firsthand uh, being in so many different districts. That's really cool. Yeah, thank you. It didn't seem so cool sometimes when we were moving, but yeah, we were, like, yeah. super great at moving, and we had movers, all that stuff with this job. But you know, and let me let me say this too, because I have three boys. It made my boys grow up because they didn't know any better with a, a broader perspective about the world and life. Sure. And they truly can jump into any situation and connect with people and and love people. And as a parent. I couldn't ask for anything more. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. 
That's cool. Okay. Uh, as the saying goes, if your cup is not full, you cannot fill the cup of others. Cheers. Using my <laughs> up tonight. <laughs> How do you promote self-care? I actually, I've written a blog post about it and I talk about this so much. I'm so adamant about it. Um, you know, and I just talked to one of my friends today who, who's been a principal a long time. One of the first folks I met here when I moved to Nashville over a decade ago, and he's leaving the profession. He's leaving the profession at the end of this school year. And a lot of that comes from the self-care and, and also um, how districts think about their leaders and their teachers. So when I was a principal, I ran a very, very friendly first school environment. And, and I advocated for my teachers. Like, you, you don't need to miss your kids, you know, mommy with muffins day or whatever. If you had to leave in the middle of the school day, we'll cover that. If you had to, because our elementary school was right across the street, right nearby. We're going to cover that because those are things like you don't need to miss. If you're sick, let me know, you know, stay home, be well. If you have an important event, don't play sick the night before, then we can't find a sub, you know, like just having that human element of understanding that family does come first because we don't get those things back. It allowed um, all of the faculties that I work with for us to really pull together. So if I had to be out to see my son's things, they understood and they kept the fort going and vice versa. They knew if they had to be out, they could do that. And that would be so supportive. So I'm really adamant about supporting our teachers in that way. Um, but then also our leaders, also our leaders. I'll never forget. I, uh, my boys play football. Uh, my youngest two do and super excited about that. And uh, I'll never forget when I was uh, a principal at a middle school, I would, um, my boys were in high school and, and I would save my time and I would leave an hour early and I would, you know, let my assistant superintendent know and all of that. But I wasn't going to miss my kids game um, for a school event at my school. Like, and my, my teachers understood and my principals, my assistant principals understood. They're like, no, we got you. You know, their kids were younger. We, we understand. And I'll never forget my assistant superintendent said, you know, I just expect you to be at every single thing like all the time, not even just popping in. I just expect you, like, I just feel like that's what you should do. And we were having this conversation um, with the superintendent as well. We were, just, we were just chatting. And I told him, I said, and if I remember correctly, you had a heart attack within your first year as a high school principal last year. And my superintendent just started laughing. He was like, well, she's got you there. <laughs> I said, you know, we can't forget that we all have lives of our own and that we have to be there for our own kids. But also it's impossible for anybody to put in, you know, 18 hour days, day after day, after day, after day, you know, we have to take care of our bodies. We have to listen to our bodies. We have to sleep so we don't die early, but we have to work out or whatever it is, whatever our woosah moment is like, we need to make sure that we do that. One of the things that I would do, and I've shared this with so many leaders that I mentor Make sure your secretary or your assistant that they block out space for you to just think and read and grow yourself professionally on your calendar. I'm writing that one down, Renee. <laughs> all right. Make all right. sure they do. <laughs> and so I would mark off and I would have this set time that, you know, on our slowest day of the week, which is normally like a Wednesday in a school, like a Wednesday, sometimes Tuesday, but mainly Wednesday. And my secretary, I'm like, block it off. And this is my time to think, to dream, to research, whatever it is I felt I needed to do for the school. 
and for my kids. I needed that time. And oftentimes I would go to the Starbucks in, inside the Kroger, right next door to our school in the middle of the day. So Wednesday is Senior Wednesday. So it wasn't, you know, any young kids in there or babies in there. And I would just have that time. Sometimes some other principals I would invite. Uh, some of my colleagues in the cluster would come and we would just dream. We would just research and we would do that. And I made sure that I had that dedicated time to do that as a leader so I could stay fresh, so I can have fresh ideas. And then I did the same for my assistant principals. Mm. Block off time. I'm going to hold the fort down for you. I still remember how to do it, you know. <laughs> and as assistant principal, you go and you have some time where you can think, dream, plan, whatever it might be. And, and leave from here to go do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, because you, you can't be there all day, come home, put on your mom or dad hat, if that's the case, and then think about, okay, how can I grow my school? That's really cool. Yeah. Lots to think about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've come to the moment in this interview where it's time to share your fast five. We're going to fire five questions at we, at you. And we want you to answer with the first thought that comes to mind. Oh my goodness. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. I think okay, I hope y'all are go. ready. <laughs> <laughs> Question one. What what is one easy way to pump the passion every day? Have a PLN that you listen to on your way to work. I never listen to the radio. I listen to a boxer. I have a boxer group that I listen to. So I am like pumped up and fired up as soon as I get into the parking lot. Okay. School lunch or home lunch? Ah, there's nothing like those school mashed potatoes and those nice <laughs> yeast rolls, and there are no calories at a school. So I <laughs> indulge in the Salisbury steak. I indulge. <laughs> okay, I know you're only 28. So what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm, everything. <laughs> I want to be everything. Everything, all the different things that I have on my to-do list, not my bucket list, my to-do list like star in a movie with the rock like that's really gonna happen you just mark my words that's gonna happen i can't I'm wait to do to everything <laughs> I, believe you. I believe it will happen it will <laughs> which emoji do you use most frequently i use the one that's like with the big bright eyes that's like oh, that one because <laughs> normally i'll drop just little nuggets of truth and just have that emoji like Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> Would you rather have more time or more money? Time. Can't get that back. You can't take the money with you in the grave, as my grandmother would say. Mm -hmm. So it's time. It's all about time. It's all about even, and we, let me say this we need money to live because we all got to eat, right? But we shouldn't be living to make money. So we need to be very creative. We need to think about, we actually need to rethink the profession of education because there are, there are so many ways to contribute and so many of us that have such great gifts that we can, you can have it all. You can, but you have to be creative with it. So, cause you can't get the time back. Wow. Thank you so much, Marlena. Uh, we've enjoyed uh, learning what drives you hearing about edu gladiators and all, and all the amazing uh, experiences and work that you've done. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with or a closing statement you'd like to make uh, before we sign off? Oh, thank you for having me. You know, if you are listening and you only remember this one thing, I promise you it'll change your life. You can't fly if you never jump. So you can't be afraid to take that step 
to to advocate for that child, to advocate for your co-teacher, for yourself, whatever it might be, to do something a little bit differently, to take care of yourself. You can't be afraid to do that. Um, that's what that's what it means to be an edge gladiator. That's that's the call to action is to help um, to be fearless in, in in transforming the educational experience. And to do that, you have to jump. You have to be fearless. You have to go for it. Both feet in because you're still going to land no matter what you're going to land. Awesome message. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Tune in Thanks next for having week me. to <laughs> learn more as we. Share Mo EDU. Bye, Marlena. Bye, guys. Thank you.